This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. As the November midterm elections roll around, a lot of familiar candidates are running for office again, including former Trump Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke. Zinke served in the Trump administration between 2017 and 2019 and left after he became the subject of multiple ethics scandals. Now, though, Zinke is running for his old house seat in Montana, but he's struggling to pull away in a three-way race against a Democrat and a Libertarian. That's confused political observers, who say this should have been an easy campaign for Zinke. He has strong name recognition, ample campaign funds, and the endorsement of his ex-boss, former President Donald Trump. So today we check in with Politico's Ben Lefebvre about why this congressional race is unique, what's working in Zinke's favor, and how his challengers are attacking his previous scandals. It's Thursday, October 13th. So Ben, Ryan Zinke is running for the House again, and you're reporting he's struggling to pull away in what should be a safe Republican seat. So how badly are his various ethics scandals at Interior holding him back? People I've talked to, they've said, it's just like the whole ball of wax. If it's one or two scandals, they'll still vote for him. But it's taken all together. It kind of weighs on him. What one person told me is Democrats don't really like him and not all Republicans trust him. I've talked to some Republicans who have said, you know, like this former opponent in the Republican primary, that they're thinking that folks will come home to roost when November rolls around and they'll vote for them. But it's not guaranteed yet. As we wrote in Politico, you know, we broke the story that during his time in office, he had negotiated a land deal with then chairman of Halliburton, Dave Lassar, while in the interior headquarters main office. They had met together in Montana and Whitefish, Zinke's hometown. And we also had a story about how during his time at Interior, he had listened to lobbyists to weigh in and deny casino licenses for two Native tribes who had been applying for them. Montanans told me that these kind of scandals where there's suspicion about you're abusing your power really don't play well with the folks back home. So these do all kind of snowball together. And I think Republican voters in Montana may not be as hell for leather planning to vote for Zinke as they may have otherwise. Gotcha. And this does seem like an unusual race in a few ways. I know one thing you mentioned is that it's kind of rare for a cabinet secretary to seek a return to the House. But also you mentioned this libertarian candidate who's making a charge. There's a Democratic opponent. So how strong are his challengers and how aggressively are they focusing on Zinke's ethics record? Yeah, is like Zinke would be, I think, only the second cabinet secretary to, after they leave the administration, go seek local office, like in the House of Representatives. So that is a bit unusual. As far as other candidates kind of honing in on his ethics issues, the Democratic challenger has been really focusing on that. She had an ad recently, like comparing Zinke to a snake on a plane, I think it was actually the name of the ad. The libertarian candidate, John Lamb, is kind of interesting He hasn't focused on Zinke's ethics per se, but his big advertisement for himself is that he'll let local governments make the decisions on pretty much everything. I heard from several sources that internal polling from the different candidates were showing that the Libertarian is overperforming. 
and that maybe Republicans who couldn't quite bring themselves to vote for the, Trinnell, the, the Democratic candidate, might throw a vote over to, to Lamb to kind of like say they voted, but not necessarily vote for Zinke. Whether this turns out to continue uh, the first Tuesday after the first Monday of November, we'll see. But I heard from several folks that Lamb was overperforming. A libertarian would normally get four or five percent of votes. And then some folks had mentioned he was polling in the higher single digits. Interesting. And so what are some factors that are working in Zinke's favor? You know, one would imagine the favorable national environment could end up benefiting him and outweighing his individual baggage. Is that is that what you're hearing? You know, a lot of the analysts I talked to, they said Zinke, by all other factors, should have this race wrapped up. I mean, Montana has been normally a, a purple state. It's trended a little more right in the past few elections. Normally, the party out of power does very well in the midterms. And you have these kind of national issues surrounding inflation that would normally help Republicans. Voters tend to prefer them on the economic issues. I think he's a veteran, you know, former Navy SEAL. But even that, you know, I've heard that he's underperforming among veterans. And that's kind of one of the biggest weaknesses his, his campaign may have. And one of the main things that he was a former cabinet secretary for former President Trump. So that should really excite the Republican base in Montana who went for Trump by crazy numbers. But we're not seeing that happen. Folks I talked to said it's still likely that he could win, but it seems that he's having a much harder time getting everything nailed down to the extent he should, given all those advantages as the election looms. Also, on Wednesday, the Interior Department launched a new Colorado River drought spending initiative. The department put out a call for projects to reduce water use along the Colorado River, offering higher compensation rates than previous projects typically netted, but far shy of what major agricultural producers have been calling for. The funding opportunity comes as drought and overuse have put the Colorado River system on the brink of a massive water and power crisis. Back in June, Interior said that water users needed to conserve 2 million to 4 million acre-feet of water next year just to stave off the near-term disaster. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. Energy demand is on the rise. That's why Chevron plans to increase its oil production by 15% over 2021 levels in the Permian Basin, all while continuing to reduce both carbon and methane emissions intensities. Learn more at chevron.com slash Permian production.